somebody asks you, are you okay? Why do you cry so hard? And it's because, um, I, I saw a TikTok and it was like, um, someone took notice that you were upset and -hmm. somebody cared enough to ask. And so that um, rush of emotions makes you like start crying. (laughs) Interesting. Huh? Like that's true. Dude. I'm yeah, like when stuff the, on TikTok recently, too. right? So funny. <laughs> oh my gosh, totally. Like, um, there is something about like there's reasons why, as a female, you feel different because our like every week we kind of feel different is because mm-hmm. we go through phases. I for I like took screenshots because I'm like this is cool, oh. but our our bodies have a spring, summer, fall, winter phase mm. where it's like and like those are the things that you're like. When you're in spring week, it's like two weeks before your period. You're like super energetic. Mm. You want to start new projects. You want to do new things. So like you do it spring week. And then Mm -hmm. when it gets to, you know, summer week, you end up becoming a little bit more low key. Fall is like the week right before your period. And then winter is the week where you're on your period. And you just like, you don't do anything. You're dormant. It's like your body needs different things during different weeks. And there's a reason for it. And like Mm. a man's cycle is every 24 hours. So he'll like, Oh my God. Regenerate every day. But ours, it's like they're weeks long. And that's why our, and like, there's like a hormone chart to show like how the hormone oh my God, send them to changed me. and for, for which week it was really interesting. I was like, Oh, that's cool. I'm female. And I don't even know this stuff about me. So it's just, cool. <laughs> <That> <laughs> and I learned so how to, cool. and I learned how to peel a hard boiled egg really quickly. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love the video. I love the video of the girl that did it with the raw egg. She's like, they didn't say how to be They hard didn't boil. say you had to cook. <laughs> yeah. They didn't say how to hard boil it. That was so mean? funny. It just oh made God. a huge ass mess. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Remind me. I'll remind, I'll write it down so I can send okay. that to you. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. <sighs> Please, Lord. <laughs> I know. Please, Lord. Quick, how Mary. Oh, ever pray. Please, God. Please, Mary. Please, God. Please, God. Watch out for us. I know there's a lot of people out there with a lot of problems. Well, we really like need this Zoom recording problem. to work. <laughs> this feels like a really big problem that needs to be decided. I don't mean to bother okay. you, but I really need to bring this oh. to your attention. Yeah. I don't mean to bother you. I'm sorry, but I'm going to be <laughs> I don't even believe in you. But <laughs> right now, <laughs> if I did, favor exactly. I like how we like turn southern. I know. I don't know. <laughs> the only people who love God, right? Right. <laughs> they feel them. They feel them hard. Oh, feel them deep. <laughs> All right. Okay. Welcome back to No Thank You Next. I'm Megan, and I'm Rachel. Hi guys, we're back. We're back. I get again. Oh, we're back. That's with right. Each other. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, there's been technical oh my goodness. We've had we... some really fun times. Mm-hmm. You'll never hear them. <laughs> <laughs> but we had fun. I, oh my goodness. I know. So yeah, it was nuts. So I guess like the last episode, we were joking around about coronavirus and now here we are struggling to make this work after not doing it for months (laughs) yep and um yeah and then something happened with our last recording we recorded two full-on episodes and 
they, and, were, and they, we, they downloaded they, as files, they, uh, not audio they files. They, they failed. It didn't, it didn't work. So here we are, bringing it back. <laughs> you never knew, but we knew. Oh, but we will persevere. I'm we can overcome anything. We're putting yeah. our minds to it. We're going to overcome anything and everything. This is going to yeah, work. We got this. It's going to work. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to work. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Oh, it's my good. gosh. Oh, so, okay. So our previous recording, I talked about... Um, one day we thought that there was a bee in our house and oh, it turns yeah. out that it was a hornet. So my <gasps> husband goes to kill it and then he has it in a little, you know, toilet paper and he goes to like squish the hornet to make sure that he's actually dead. And he mm. squeezes the fucking hornet's spike into his finger and just totally stung himself. And not only did he sting himself, but he shrieked and he threw everything up in the air. <laughs> yeah. And he lost the hornet somewhere in our carpet. So like, I was like it? combing through it with like books and like with Sammy's toys trying to see. No. I ended up running a vacuum cleaner over it and that, and that and was still, it. still, still, you guys haven't been found? Ha- nope. found it? So we're good. But then I'm like, keep having this fear that like Sammy's going to step on something. Yeah. I really hope that she doesn't end up stepping on this hornet. We were in the pool day before yesterday and she gets out and walks over to the hot tub and all of a sudden she starts screaming. Like oh. what happens? And she turns over and there's a bee sticking out of her foot. No! And she steps on a bee and she got stung two days ago. Oh no. I know. Everything so happens in threes. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. I, I know. I'm next. I'm not going yeah. outside. I'm not seeing yeah. any bees. Better watch out. Yeah, you fucking let but those she was die. A trooper. Fuck, man. She was a trooper. We took the stinger out and she understood that the bug, that the bee had to die <laughs> for oh. that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Morbid. <laughs> All in but, one day. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then I'm like super excited. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad she's not allergic yeah. because I have a mild bee allergy. When I got stung oh. when we first moved here, my arm swelled oh, and yeah, was hot. It was like... huge. It was bruised. So I have a small bee allergy and Mike's like, well, you don't know if you have an allergy until you get stung the second time. I'm like, she has to get stung the second time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I was like, that's fucked up. But <laughs> oh my God. Everybody's okay. Nobody, oh good. nobody had I a reaction. I have never been stung oh. in my 32 years of life. It is not pleasant. And I truly, because it's been so long, now I'm extra scared. Oh God. Like, You're like, yeah, the universe is coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> Like now when I see a bee, I for you saw me. I freaked oh, yeah. the fuck out. Like I fell in the pool. Oh my God. Yeah. That's how scared I was. But oh, man. I mean, I was already on a floaty, so it's not like that dramatic, but it like, wasn't yeah, right. <laughs> but it still, was hot anyway. You needed to get in yeah, that water. Exactly. But that still was- it's like so terrifying. Like to me, it, I'm like like yeah. mm. Mm-mm. I had a friend in high school who was the same way. His doctor was like, well, you're either not allergic or you're so allergic that it can kill you. So every time he saw a bee, he would just shriek and run. And we would even be at school in high school. And all of a sudden you hear a Whoa! from across campus. <laughs> and then you just see Justin take off running. And I'm like, oh, bee, we know there's a bee. It's chasing him. 
he might die. So he I feel that. running away. <laughs> I feel that deeply. I feel. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm allergic, and I don't want to know. Don't want to know. No. Never want to know. Yeah, they hurt. It's not fun. Yeah. Have fine. you guys ever been stung by a bee? <laughs> Call in. Let us know. <laughs> Please. <laughs> we could zoom you in. Right. Oh my god. <gasps> Dude, if this just keeps going the way it's going, we're going to start like we're just gonna adding our call. listeners and we we're going to start call taking callers. No, thank you. Next 2.0. We'll That's find those people idea. from TikTok who like have the murder stories <gasps> and we'll have Fuck. them on our Zoom. Yeah. Damn it, Rachel. <gasps> Get on it. Get on it. Get on that. Get on that. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> but for That's real though, that would be really cool. Good idea. Oh my Fuck, god, that'd be Look such a me. good idea. But what if it failed? You know what I was listening? To? <laughs> like I was Fuck listening you, to Megan. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was listening to Conan O'Brien today, and he was like <laughs> recording with someone, and they uh-huh. record over Zoom. And he, I was just thinking, like, what if you interviewed Mike Myers? for over an hour and then you it didn't download oh god can you fucking imagine like those people have to have producers that like have backups of shit i would cry it's like zoom on zoom on zoom i don't trust zoom i don't trust yeah. you zoom i'll, I'll trust you oh god don't say that not when we're recording it'll like i know, I know. Out. <laughs> i'm knocking on so much wood oh it's just buddy it's just me i'm sorry He's He's like, I know. <laughs> if you hear a dog bark very loudly, it's because there's a dog in the room. <laughs> it's coming from no other the house. <laughs> we didn't get audio clips or anything to add to <laughs> Well, like a like legit radio show where we we've got the like ooga or like all the stupid stuff. We do so good. We make such good sounds with our mouths. Like, why would we need any of those? <laughs> we just such wise words. guys. <laughs> oh, God. Don't quote me on that. Megan, cut that out. <laughs> no, nope. this is never going to be edited. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> just cutting out this audio straight oh, out. Oh, my God. That's it. Let's do it, girl. All right. Shall we begin? Shall Let's we do begin it. Our, our tale. Let's All right, do you it. Guys. Your well, tale. My my terrible true crime tale that there's a lot that goes on a lot that goes on in this story but we will catch you all up and can make your make your own opinion about uh is this bad luck or is this uh bad karma i honestly listen to so many true crime podcasts that i honestly forgot what your story was It'll start clicking like, oh yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Maybe that's half so funny. Like, Where have I heard this before? <laughs> Some other bitch did this. <laughs> I swear to God, I just heard this on another episode of a different podcast. <laughs> no, no, that's my story. <laughs> oh, no, Megan, don't you remember? <laughs> you were there. I was there. <laughs> we were both present in this. You had commentary. You don't remember. You don't remember. <laughs> oh my god, that's okay. I that actually makes me feel a little better because now I know. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Like completely, course, like right? oh god, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, 
I'm positive that each and every one of us at at least one point in our lives believed that we were cursed with a case of bad luck. It doesn't always last forever, but during it all, you're just wishing to see the light at the end of the tunnel and just move on past it. I'm sure that's how Carl Carlson felt about his bad luck, but his luck always seemed to have an air of suspicion. This is quite a long story, but I'll do my best. I trimmed the fat a little bit so you can be the judge for yourself in this case. Is it bad luck or is it bad karma? Mm. Carl Carlson grew up in Seneca County, New York, and he is enlisted in the United States Air Force. He was stationed in North Dakota when he met Christina Alexander. So I envision Carl and Christina being very much like Maverick and Charlie, you know, Mm. when they met back in 1981. So Christina, she is previously married to an airman. So that explains why she, the California native, is out in the Dakotas. But her marriage to that man had dissolved, and she didn't expect to find love so soon. But she did, and she found it in Carl. She got pregnant early into their dating relationship, and they both made the decision to get married. It's now 1985. They have two babies, Aaron and Levi. Carl decided to get out of the Air Force, and he was excited to move his little family back to his hometown in Seneca County. They were going to live nearby the family Carlson farm, and along that time, they have a third child, Katie. His parents owned land, the barn, and Carl's brother lived nearby with his wife and their kids. Christina adapted well, and she helped with her extended family's kids as well as raising her own. Carl got a job working at the local stone quarry, but he didn't see a future for himself there. So Christina's dad, Art Alexander, he offered Carl a job working at his heating and air conditioning company in Murphy's, California. So they decided to pack up and move across country from New York to California. They moved into a former gold miner shack, but that didn't deter the family from making it a home, mostly Christina. She liked to organize and paint, and she decorated their home on top of raising their kids and maintaining a seamlessly happy family life. Christina was like superwoman. She did all all of the things while making it look like a breeze, and she had made the finishing touches on the house just in time to have family over for Christmas. Fast forward past Christmas, and it is now New Year's Day in 1991, and something goes horribly wrong that afternoon. Mm. All three babies are taking a nap, which is amazing. As a mother, I don't even know how (laughs) she did that. (laughs) And Carl is out doing some work in the garage while Christina takes some time to herself, and she goes and has a bath. There is a peculiar large spill of liquid it's like semi-dry out in the hallway that like nobody really wanted to clean up allegedly an animal knocked over a jug that christina had set in that hallway and she just thought it was water so we'll come back to that little spot um carl is working out in the garage not like working out in the like not pumping iron but like looking for iron to like fix things he's He's just fixing some shit in the garage. (laughs) Looking for some tools. (laughs) So many ways to say that. So many ways. Yeah. (laughs) Words are hard. (laughs) But he um and he looks at the front of the house and he suddenly sees that there's smoke 
billowing out from the bottom of the front door. He goes over to try to open the door, but claims that when he did that, he was hit by a fireball and he was just felt burned with a ton of heat throwing him back. So he can't actually make it into and through the house. There's just too much firepower happening. So he's thinking, I got to save my kids. I know they're taking a nap. I got to go get them. So he goes around the side of the house, goes to his son Levi's window first, and he has to break the window in order to pull his son out of his room. And then he goes to his daughter's window to try to save them in the same manner. So for some reason, the bathroom window that Christina is in is boarded up and she can't get the boards off. And that window is her only means of escape. That fire is just raging too hard on the other side of that bathroom door. So she can't even try that handle. And Carl tries to make it back into the house to save her, but he just feels helpless. And Christina dies in that small boarded up bathroom of smoke inhalation. And she was only 30 years old. So so I, I know it's just like when you compare it to how old you are and like what you were doing in your thirties and it's just like, well, I'm so young. It was only a full years ago, a few years ago, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, truly. I mean, I didn't have that many children either. (laughs) Right. I have none. (laughs) (laughs) She lived a whole other world. Yeah. She's lived a different life. <laughs> Carl, he is now a single father to three young babies and he doesn't really right. know how to move on. Yeah, it's just like that would feel like just completely overwhelming on top of, you know, losing your wife. Yeah. He he seems like he's a hero cuz he, you know, did all he could to save his kids, but he felt awful that he couldn't go in and save Christina and now he feels like, well, now what am I going to do? Well, Carl immediately after the fire goes on like a little sightseeing vacation and then decides while he's on vacation that he doesn't want to stay in California. So Hmm. he ends up packing all three kids on the fourth day after the fire and he moves them back to upstate New York to be near his family. And he doesn't Hmm. really give a second thought to Christina's parents. They lost their daughter in a house fire and now their only familial connection to them, to her, is, Mm -hmm. hi, Sammy, (laughs) (laughs) is her kids. And now, you know, it's like a gut punch to that family. Carl took the last bits of their daughter away from them in such a devastating way. That like started to freak me out because I saw the door start to open. Oh my God. I know it always freaks me out when she... You see your little eyeball like looking through the slit. Like I know she's such a freak when she does that. Creepy. I know. (laughs) Oh my god. I wonder where she gets it from. I don't know. I don't know. All right, back to back to business. Okay. So naturally. The house fire needs to be investigated to see if detectives can piece together the puzzle of how this fire started. Meet Carl Kent. He works for an insurance company that investigates the house fire. It took him a couple weeks to actually go and investigate the house fire. I guess police detectives had to get there first. And then the fire marshal was, you know, working with detectives on trying to figure out what was going on. But no one could find out or figure out how this fire even started. Hmm. Carl Kent noticed a strong scent of kerosene, and he noted that the floor was covered in pieces of cardboard. 
And that large spill of liquid that I mentioned earlier wasn't water. It was in fact kerosene and it was spilled maybe a day or so prior. So that feels it's child like, safe. It feels like a red flag because you can smell kerosene. Nobody's yeah. going to mistake kerosene for water. So it yeah, feels kind the- of like that's a little you bit live of a with that flag. days before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to leave this kerosene right here. <laughs> no biggie. Oh my yeah. gosh. Everyone's just like walking around high off fumes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is happening? So Carl also noticed that there was a second pore stain on the carpet that went around the bathroom door where Christina was in. The burn patterns show that the fire started directly outside of that bathroom door Mm. in that hallway, but investigators determined that this fire was accidental because they're living in an old house with old wiring, could have been an electrical thing, and boom, the fire just started. Freak accident. But to Carl Kent, this didn't sit well. He just had this gut feeling that this wasn't going to be the end of it. So life for Carl Carlson moves on. He's having some trouble filling Christina's motherly role and all that she did to keep the family running smoothly. That's when he meets Cindy Best in 1992. So it's only been a year since Christina's death. She sees him. I know. It's just, it seems like I would, I would still be in like grieving mode. Like there's no way I would be like, yeah, I'm open to a relationship. I would be like, yes, please. Somebody come help me take my kids. But like relationship, that feels too soon. But we all, different folks, different strokes. um, I was listening to Dayline about the the mom where, what's her face? The one with the kids that went missing. Mm Mm-hmm. And how after her husband died, they, they played the audio tape of what, when the cops came to the house because her husband was killed by her brother. Right. And um, she's just like, so oh, yeah, I took the kids to school. And um, yeah, it's so weird. We just moved here. So the neighbor's like, hi, neighbors. Sorry. And it was like, what the fuck? Crazy. Yeah. And, but she, her and the new husband got married. I think it was two weeks after the husband died. Isn't that crazy? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Red flag. Like, yo. Like a year. Okay. Plum yeah. Four months. When you put it in perspective, two weeks, yes. bitch. Like. Yeah. I. I've cried. Bitch, you're shady. Yeah. Like over. I don't know. Like a fucking like. Birth like a book something. ending or like. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Found a dead like, bird in your driveway or something. Finale of a show. Like I'm still upset. <laughs> Like, don't even get me started about Modern Family. <laughs> heartbroken that show is over. Oh, it's a really good yeah. show. Yeah. yeah, that's, okay. Perspective. 12 seconds. Exactly. Okay. A full year. Not so bad. <laughs> not bad, okay? Not bad. I'm just saying. Okay. All, right. Really All right, all right. I changed I my mind. Move like... <laughs> <laughs> on. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Cindy, she sees Carl as a sweet, charming man, but he seems a little bit lost. He's, you know, he's widowed. He's a single dad. And Cindy was told that she was never, ever going to be able to have children of her own. So when she met Carl and she met his family and they liked her, she was like, cool, these children, you know, could really be you know, in need of love and care from like a motherly perspective. I've always wanted to fill that role. So Mm -hmm. she was happy to be invited into this new family. She was a perfect fit. And in August of 1993, they get married. Not only does that happen, but bam, 
she gets pregnant. And oh, so wow. she, right. Sometimes it's like, you got to wait for the right person or like, yeah, chill out. When you're, Once you're told you can't, then it's like, when then you're, you're like, like all you're right, relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> then it happens. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they always say like the people that adopt children, as soon as they adopt children, they mm-hmm. freaking get pregnant. Yep. Well, that doesn't oh. always happen. That was like, a f- that was a lie. Statistic. But it's, but it's but like, it's, hap- it's happened like it, twice. It's, so. <laughs> so now it's the real statistic. I know two stories. <laughs> and watch out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It always happens. <laughs> always sometimes. So go adopt. If you're struggling. I'm right? Like, if you're struggling, just go, go adopt. Go foster. That's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, but do so, Right? <laughs> yeah. So she welcomes her son, Alex, into the world, super happy. And Alex gets along with all of his siblings, him and his half-brother, Levi. They form a really strong brotherly bond. And together, you know, they've got their sisters. Everyone's happy. Carl's parents end up selling their family house and their barn to Carl. And everybody begins this whole new life together. Oh, wow. So here's the thing about the Carlson family barn in New York. So they raise and sell Belgian draft horses. So hmm. these horses are stockier and a scotch smaller than Clydesdale horses. Hmm. Clydesdale horses are massive. I've been up close to the Budweiser horses and oh my God, they're massive. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're, they're whales. huge. They're whales, basically whales. But, whales. But, so it gives you perspective horses. on like, but horses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, you know, (laughs) it's fall of 2002 and it is 11 years after the death of Christina. Oh, wow. Bad luck returns. Oh no. 11 years. That's a long time. Okay. Right. You would think like, okay, everything's good. Like we've moved on, like literally in a new, you know, living a new life, got a new kid. Yeah. But in the middle of the night. Cindy calls Carl's brother, Mike, who lives nearby, and she tells him that the family barn is on fire. I don't know if these people don't own a fire extinguisher. I don't know. Yeah, what if the these fuck? People just like, I just keep moving into these homes that are like a hundred years old and they're just all decrepit and just like, like matchsticks, like two yeah. pieces of wood rubbed together. And all of a sudden the fucking barn's on fire. Like what? Yeah. That's so, weird. There's really nothing they can do. The fire is just raging. And after the barn has been completely engulfed in flames, the fire department shows up. They help with the fire out. But three of their prized horses die in that fire. Hmm. Super sad. Super sad. Carl didn't seem to show too much concern. He just wanted the deceased horses to be taken away, have the remains of the barn broken down and removed as soon as the investigation was over. Like, get it off my property. I'm not doing this shit anymore. It reminds me of like, what is that from? Where it's like, bury the boy. Clear, bury the boy. <laughs> what is that like, from? I don't know. Oh, it's Sean Mullaney. And then oh. one day I'll die. <laughs> Like in Ireland, it's like, ah, oh, your boy has died. It's like, all right, bury the boy, do it, bury the boy. <laughs> I feel like that's how they are about their horses. Yes, yeah, just, just do bury it, the boy. bury the boy, bury the horses, bury the horses. Yes. Don't even care, oh, bury man. the horses. Yeah. So it's just, it just seems very strange. The investigation of the barn fire is very short, and the fire chief claims that this fire is also accidental. 
Levi has to, you know, see this fire happen in front of his own fucking two eyes. And he's having flashbacks of like 11 years ago when he was a baby and his house is burning down and his mom died in it. So he's just, um, he's 17 now. Oh, wow. Okay. So he was old enough to like, to remember and have that memory of the fire, like burn into his brain. Mm -hmm. And he has suspicions that it's his dad. And so he starts to fight with him and things get really physical. And Levi just basically said, fuck this and left. So Mm -hmm. he's 17. He drops out of high school and he, you know, a little bit later down the line, gets his shit together, gets his GED. He gets married and even has two little girls of his own. So he's just kind of looking to like start over yeah, his life after like trying to like leave all that bad shit behind, mm-hmm. start something new, start something good. So six years later, it's now November 20th of 2008. And Levi came over to do some work on a Chevy pickup truck that his dad had asked him to come over and fix. So it seems like for the most part, they've reconciled their differences. They've buried the hatchet. Carl and Cindy, they were going to be gone for the day. They were going to attend a funeral. So Levi was going to be working on the truck on his own, you know, whatever, cool, crack a beer, crank the music, fix Mm -hmm. the truck, do your thing and go home. So Carl tells Cindy right before they're leaving that he's going to go check on Levi to see if he needs anything. And then off to the funeral they go. Four Hmm. hours go by. And the Carlsons return home. And for some reason, Levi's car is still there because they figured he would have gone home to his wife and kids by now. Yeah. Carl went to go check on him in the garage only to find Levi crushed under the truck motionless. Oh, no. Carl yells and tells Cindy to call 911, but it's already too late. His chest is crushed by the weight of the Chevy pickup. And Levi died that day at age 23. Carl, yeah, super young. Carl, in true Carl form, is numb to whatever happened, and he moves on pretty quickly, like, too quickly. Like, that was his Hmm. son, his, like, I think, was it his firstborn? Well, it's his first, his only son until Alex came around. Yeah, yeah. And he just, he doesn't seem to mind. He's not mourning, so something just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Carl's next big adventure, you know, to take his mind off these tragedies, is he wants to become a duck farmer. And so he starts raising and selling ducks to gourmet New York City restaurants. I told my husband that this job exists, and this is now his new goal. (laughs) (laughs) Be a duck farmer. Jesus. You guys are going to get a fucking Amazon package of duck horn. (laughs) (laughs) Please, God, no. That's only phase one. <laughs> I don't want to go to phase two. I don't want it. <laughs> but Carl was so good at what he did. He became so highly noticed in the duck business, which is so oh, weird, God. that Carl and Cindy, I think Cindy was with him, they were on a Food Network Canada series. So he even got a little like his 15 minutes of spotlighted fame shine down on him. So wow. that, that just like makes his ego balloon up and I'm he's sure. like, I'm going to be one of the rich and famous. I'm going to be the best goddamn duck farmer you've ever seen. So mm. this is his new life goal. He's like ready to run with it. Jeez. Cindy, on the other hand, she 
is depressed. She drinks heavily in all of her Uh free time because she's just having all these unanswered questions. Like what happened to Levi? Like why, how did this happen? So she just keeps thinking about it. And when you think about something that's really upsetting, you actually start to have like physical pains or physical reactions to what was happening. So she's Uh getting headaches, body pains, and weird sicknesses that she can't shake. And doctors can't really figure out what's wrong with her. And she just remembers like Carl's brother, Mike, he said something while Levi, you know, while they were all in the hospital trying to like figure out what was going on with Levi, how to make the arrangements. They Mm -hmm. had to pronounce him, you know, DOA. And all Carl had to say about Levi's death was, how do I explain this? Like, not, oh my God, how am I going to live through this? What am I going to do without my son? It was just, how am I going to explain this? Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, so it just seemed really unsettling. Was it like, they're going to ask him questions? Like, Like, how am I going to explain this? It's almost as if, like, it's an admission of guilt. Like, yeah, like, I don't think he expected anybody to hear him, but his brother heard him. And his brother Uh, was like, say what? what did you just say? It's <laughs> like a lot of shit happens to you. Yeah. And it's just a little bit odd. Yeah. So it was just super unsettling. Something a grieving father would never, ever say. And yeah. so Cindy's like thinking about that, thinking about Levi and she taps into her pain and has this epiphany that Carl is the reason she doesn't know how or why, but she knows Carl is the reason why Levi is dead. And could Mm. be the reason why Christina died in that house fire. Mm. So here's a tidbit of information regarding Carl and insurance claim payouts. (laughs) Because these are all red flags. Ain't that why people kill? Exactly. In 1986, he had a Dodge Charger that didn't work really well. And all of a sudden, when he was fixing it, it caught on fire. So the insurance company gives him a $10,000 check for the claim payout. When Christina died, he was the beneficiary of her life insurance policy um, Mm. that he had taken out on her maybe three weeks before the fire. Mm. And he received $200,000 payout for her death. Also for that barn fire, he got 115,000 from that claim. And then with the sudden death of Levi, who just so happened to sign the rest of his estate to Carl, I don't know why. He obtained an additional seven hundred thousand dollars in life insurance money. Holy he got one million twenty-five thousand dollars in blood money. Like, oh my god, so much money! So Cindy naturally grew apart from Carl because she's just like, what the fuck? And she yeah. keeps something that there's just there's something's just not right. She calculated his insurance money and she came to the realization that she could be next because she had a life insurance policy on her Mm. worth $1.2 million if she died. Oh my God. Yeah. So this fucking spooked her and she gathered her belongings. Oh yeah. She got her son, Alex, and she got her dogs and she's just like, Alex, we're leaving. Like we have to get away from this man. Oh my God. So they started living in hotels and while they were living there, Cindy got a bright idea. Because Cindy is our girl and she was watching some 2020 episodes and she saw that there was a person who wore a wire 
to expose the other person's wrongdoings, like get them on tape. Mm -hmm. So she decided, you know, this is how I can help catch Carl. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to cut, but she wants to come to the police with some sort of evidence instead of going, I think my husband did it. Like, she's mm -hmm. like, no, I'm going to have proof. So yeah. she hires a private investigator and his name is Steve Brown. Steve comes by the house numerous times to talk to Carl about his ducks, like pretending like I'm a restaurant owner or I want to okay. get in the duck business too. So uh -huh. he goes off, you know, on their farm talking about ducks and Carl did something that spooked him. He was talking about how he slaughters the ducks and he mentioned that he likes to do it the good old fashioned way, the messy way. And he whips Steve around and pretends to hold a knife to his neck. Like what? That's just a little bit more than what he bargained for. Yeah. Like I'd be like, oh, and I'm leaving. And I'm yeah. leaving. Bye. Yeah. I'm leaving. What's so Steve was like, uh, we're just talking about, you know, ducks and chickens, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's a little bit too unsettling. So after that, he's like, I'm not going to the house again. And that's smart. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And so Cindy, she wanted Carl to admit that he at least set the barn on fire. That way she's like, I can mm. expose his character. People can see that like he is capable of doing something shady for insurance money. So mm -hmm. she managed to get a little confession out of Carl, but he confesses about potentially knocking over the truck to push on Levi. And she was like, wait, what? And she got so it. Let's hear about the barn fire. What? <laughs> but ex exactly. She was like, ex Oh my God. I'm sorry. What? And so she had the, the little portable audio recorder, like in her bra. So it was like, oh. and it's just like, fuck, we can't hear any of it. So it was completely inaudible, but she was just like, but he fucking said something like, yeah, now I know. So huh. Cindy and Steve Brown, they're like, okay, let's try to like get him in a diner. Cindy's going to wear a real wire and they're going to go to a public place where they've got undercover cops like all over the place. And she's oh, going to wow. try to get him to say something again while they're in that diner. So he doesn't admit, he doesn't say, yeah, I pushed the truck over on Levi, which is what he admitted to doing before. Mm -hmm. But he says something like, I saw the opportunity and I took it. And she was like, well, what do you mean by that? Like, did you push the truck over? And he's like, I'm just saying I saw the opportunity. And she was just like, okay, that's shady. So the, they're, they're like, he, he's like giving information, but not really like he, it's, his, like, it's saying, like his cat and mouse ego. Like mm, it's, he's just being an ass. Yeah, it's like saying, like, yeah, I saw someone standing on the side of the road, so I turned my steering wheel. I saw the opportunity to mm -hmm. fucking whatever that game is. Like, what is it? Oh, my gosh. What's that game where people will just, like, fucking kill hookers and... Oh, uh, Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I saw the opportunity <laughs> to be in Grand Theft Auto for a minute. Yeah, so exactly. Over that bus stop. Like, what do you mean I saw the opportunity? Yeah, like, exactly. what? What the? I saw the opportunity to be in my own Dateline episode. Exactly. Like, what? Oh, the, the limits are endless with this man. Oh, my God. Okay, cool. So fast forward four more years. So this guy just still goes on living his life. What? Four more years. Yeah, they're still trying to build a case, get evidence. Because he's yeah, I'm sure. a sneaky snake. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's been doing this for years. He can get away mm-hmm. with it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's now mid-November in 2012. It's four years after Levi's death. And with the help of Cindy, her private investigator, Steve, and then oh, Cindy, when she like first had the inkling that it was Carl doing some shady shit, she told mm-hmm. a friend and her friend called a tip into the police. So they're like, okay, we have a, a lot of people saying stuff about Carl. So they're like, okay, okay. it's been a while, but we want to speak with him. And Carl's like, sure, I'll come. I'll talk to you. Because a man with an ego of his size wants to talk. Oh, but yeah. he, he also wants to know what the police know. So it's like, Which he thinks he's getting in. But they do. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what do you know? And it's like, yeah. the second you want to know information that they know, they got you hook, line, and singer. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. That's oh, yeah. so cliche. Come on, Carl. It is. It is. God, come on. You've been doing this come on, Carl. Long. <laughs> You're better than this. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Fucking Carl. So the longer that he talked to the police, the more Carl spilled. And he made a comment that like immediately trapped him. He said, you don't kill your son. You don't kill anybody for money. And the police were like, um, excuse me, what did you just say? Who said anything about money? And it was like, Kevin Hart, you're not going to speed past that. Like you didn't say what you just said. Like we caught that. Yeah. And his story detail changes. And then that's when he admits that Levi was under the truck before he even left to attend that funeral with Cindy. (gasps) Oh my God. He left him to die for four hours. He did. So cops are like the investigators, they're like poking him, prodding him, like asking him all these questions before Carl was like, okay, yeah, I did it. And it turns out he, he pushed the truck over somehow. I read on the Washington post that Carl hopped into the truck's front cab, causing the jack to fail. And it allowed the front end that had no tires on it to fall and crush Levi, who was working under the truck. And then Carl, while he's in the cab, just turns the radio on and turns it up. Mm. So he's drowning out Levi's cries for help. So Mm. once he knows that Carl is like, can't breathe, can't scream, like not going to make any more noise, Carl gets out of the truck, goes with Cindy, and they go to their funeral. So, so So sick. He took a plea deal instead of going to trial, and on November 6th of 2013, he pled guilty, and he entered a sentence of 15 years to life. But wait. Oh, wow. Now that we know that Carl's capable of killing for his own personal gain, it shed a light on Christina's untimely death. So Jeff Arnold was an investigator who was working on Levi's case in New York. While he's working on it, he looked into Christina's death in California. He reached out to California investigators, and after discussing the case file, they decided to reopen Christina's case. So Carl Kent, from way back, from the house fire, he worked for that oh, insurance yeah. company who investigated yeah. the fire. Mm-hmm. He had the gut feeling that her case wasn't closed. And so what he did was he got all of the case file evidence that he could put in his car right before he retired, and he swept <gasps> it away, and he kept it in his garage. And then uh, what one specific case. Uh, yeah. Cause he's like, I know this is going to come back. He's like, I just oh know my it God. is. And it's a good thing because all of the other evidence regarding this case had been thrown out since it had go- grown old and cold and we're like, yeah. they didn't think they were going to touch it again. So, oh but he had God. boxes of information regarding that house fire. 
So after further, further thorough investigation, Christina's death looked more staged than accidental, just like Levi's. Yeah. It's like he's setting up traps. And uh, enough evidence was compiled to charge Carl Carlson with first-degree murder in August of 2014. So oh he's serving his time in New York where he's charged with Levi's death. And now they're like, we have to get him to California to be tried for this crime. It took two years to get him from New York to California. Oh, wow. He's finally here. And then for some reason, his trial. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, no, we got to go all the way down, all the way around. Bring it around. You guys go on the Canada side or you go on the Florida <laughs> route? Like, which way are you guys going to go? <laughs> We're going to hit up Fucking Australia on the way. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, that was a dumb <laughs> <joke>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Like, why? Why did that take so long? So, yeah. And then they just kept pushing his trial date. And his trial uh-huh. didn't start until January of 2020. What? This year. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, it was really dragged out. So Carl's time oh, frame. Right. Isn't that nuts? I would yeah. just be like, fucking get it over with. And he's like, not. Nah, Especially it if it was like I'm her here. parents too. Like being yeah. like, we've been waiting for justice for like 57 years. Exactly. Her Good. sister um, Colette was like up the county's ass. And she's like, is he here yet? Is he here yet? Is he here yet? She got like Facebook groups going and like oh all, like God, good for constantly her. like visiting the courts and she's like he needs to come here now like don't don't sleep on this. yeah yeah so way to go colette yeah seriously. so carl had this time frame that like the bathroom window was boarded up and he's like yeah one of the kids or maybe christina accidentally broke the window before christmas and so he boarded up the window until mm. they were gonna get the glass to replace it but family who were at the house during Christmas was like that window was not boarded when we were there. So yeah. his time frame just didn't, didn't look right. Hmm. And then Christina's cousins went through the house with a video camera to take video evidence of what the whole house looked like before, you know, there's cleanup jobs and before investigations come in and you can see the difference between immediately after the fire to when investigative photographs were taken because stuff had been moved, stuff had been cleaned. And it's just like, okay, so these don't match. So that's another red flag. And then this, and then Pam Geet, she's the paramedic that saw two Carl's injuries. Cause he's like, Oh my God, I was hit with a fireball. My fucking flesh is not enough. She's like, uh, no, he had some scrapes like on his arms from like breaking the window and like maybe had some hair like singed off his arms but it didn't look like he was hit by a fireball he still had his eyebrows there was no burned skin like he he didn't really require that much aftercare and he was he was like oddly calm and people were like are you in a state of shock or do you really like not even care that your house is burned down and your wife is still in it he just he just was unbothered the way that he was the with all of the other tragedies that happened. His defense team argued that there wasn't enough evidence to convict him of first-degree murder, but only after two days of deliberations, the jury found him guilty of first-degree murder, and his March sentencing gave him life in prison. So this greedy-ass yeah. 
has to serve 15 years in New York for the death of his son, and then he'll come back to California and he will serve out the rest of his sad little life in prison for the murder of Christina Alexander. Fuck yeah. That's, that's crazy. Like that's that, so nuts. Like finally oh. got caught up to him. To think like, you I'm got sure away with it. He thought he was going to be on fucking Duck Dynasty oh. and his <laughs> life was going to just lift off and he was just fucking, he's going to kill that new wife. Oh my God. He's just going to soar off on a duck into that sunset with that 1.2 million from Cindy Best. Nope. Yeah. Like what the hell? Like how does he sleep at night? Like I, Mike and I always talk about that where we're just like, wouldn't you just be consumed with guilt or like constantly looking over your shoulder thinking that like, you're going to get caught. Like, yeah. How do you just go with, on with your day to day with that? Like that just doesn't like, burn in your brain yeah. or like make what you physically so ill. Yeah. Like you have to have something wrong with your brain. You can't, you can't not. No, exactly. And yeah. like, he's basically a serial killer. He yeah, set up he the trap for Christina, killed Levi and Cindy. Three horses? Like, oh, hell no. Three horses. Okay. That's fucking oh. crazy. Mm-hmm. Let's, um, we got we got more craziness coming at you. Yeah, guys, yeah, we're back. Down. We're back That's with right. all the crazy. Guess back. who's back? Back again. Copyright. Back. Never mind. Shh. Nobody's saying it. Yeah, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> I made it my own, so it's different. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was in my own voice yes yeah oh my god I'm losing it <laughs> all right <laughs> and on that note <laughs> we'll see you guys next week for another horrible story goodbye bye